Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today, we have a very unique guest. Nora Stewart is the founder of Hear Care Audiology, along with her husband, Ken. In 2011, they founded Give Here, a not-for-profit clinic providing hearing assessment and hearing aids for underserved individuals. Since its inception, Give Here has helped nearly 400 individuals and has inspired more than 4,000 volunteer hours. Nora then started hearing the call after the success of Give Here to a national and international level. In 2018, Nora was the recipient of the American Academy of Audiology's Humanitarian of the Year Award. I had the pleasure of meeting Nora, Ken, and their entire group of audiologists around the country as I spoke at their annual meeting. I walked away inspired at how they are competing in a challenging industry and making a big difference. Nora, welcome to Business Done Differently. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so excited to be here. I was so excited to have you at our meeting, and now I get to be on your podcast. Well, I was fired up. I mean, you sent me this video of what you're doing around the world, and it was so inspiring. And I want to get into what you're doing with your regular care, but tell me a little bit about this big difference you're making around the world. Wow. Yeah. So my husband and I have been audiologists for over 20 years. And gosh, I guess it was about 10 years into being an audiologist. I just needed a little bit of a reset button to remember my why. Why did I even get into the field in the first place? So I signed my husband and I, myself, up for a humanitarian trip using our talents and our our trade. So it was a hearing humanitarian trip. And on this trip, I literally, by 2 o'clock that day, I knew in the most powerful way that this is my purpose, even on the whole earth. It's why I got into the field of audiology was to not just care about hearing health care, but to care about people that have fallen in the gaps and that have no access to the kind of treatment that we are so blessed to get in the United States. And it didn't just stop there as I wanted to help these people. It really was also the idea that I can inspire more audiologists that are also feeling burned out in their trade just by going and giving with no strings attached. Mm -hmm. So it was an idea of look at how many people need our services and look at how many people need to be re-inspired and let's marry the two together and see what we can do. You know, it was amazing because I saw the video, it was really evident the purpose that you had and what you're trying to do and seeing the kids smile. I mean, you're helping kids that could never hear, you know, Mm -hmm. learn how to hear by putting everything in and you're raising the money and the fundraising and the challenges. And I think, you know, we need to understand the why of what we do. And you had it very clear, but you also need to be able to have success with your regular business to be able to do that and to put all those time and hours. And I think as I fell in love with what you're doing with Entheos and this whole nonprofit, I started learning about what you guys are doing in your individual practices to have success. And I think really that's what Business Done Differently is all about is looking at your business differently. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about the experience at your audiology clinic in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, you know, I think it was after we came back, really, I think transformed from our humanitarian trip, just opened our eyes to start looking at business differently, too. It's, you know, what 
what does every single human being on this planet want? And I think they want to be heard. I mean, here we are going and giving them the gift of hearing, but in actuality, as human beings, we really want to be heard. We want to be seen. And so it was this idea of really looking at our patients and not just giving them better hearing, which of course, that's what we do, but really letting them be seen as human beings. And the idea that I don't care what your age or what your trade is, that everybody has something incredible to give the world. And so really starting to look at our patients in this light of not what can we just give them, but what can they give us that we can share out with more people? And the idea of, you know, when people, why would we just make a normal moment for all of the patients coming in and give them what they expected? Let's give them what they're not expecting and raise them up. And when they leave, we really want every patient excited to come back. And that was the goal. Mm-hmm. Make everybody excited to come back. And we had to think really outside of the box to give experiences in a hearing aid practice that makes people really want to come in and excited to come see us. Let's paint the picture a little bit because everyone is getting disrupted now. And especially mm-hmm. audiologists. I mean, there's opportunities to get hearing aids much cheaper. It's not the care that you guys give. And I know that was when we spoke at the workshop, that's a big issue everyone's having. Tell me a little bit, like, what's this disruption and how are you guys getting around it? Yeah, well, you know, everybody is in any kind of healthcare. The question is, it's so expensive. Healthcare is so expensive. And so one way you can address it is to go down the cheap road. And a lot of people are looking to say, how can we make hearing aids cheaper? But from the audiology perspective, If we can make hearing aid cheaper and we can satisfy patients and really give them the quality of life and hearing experience they deserve with cheaper, we would be all about it. But because we've been in the field, we know it takes a lot of service and it's just not the reality yet. So until we can really make a cheaper hearing aid that can deliver everything that we would want it to deliver, we need to focus on quality of hearing healthcare and the experience and really raising up people's hearing through service. So the idea was, let's not fall into all the pressures to bring cheaper because that would cut out a lot of the experience that makes it special. And it could also make hearing aid fittings go really badly. It means part of our business is seeing people that have gone the cheap route and then being able to turn them around because they had no idea how well they actually were capable of hearing with properly fit devices. Let's paint the picture a little bit for audience. So, you know, again, I always say whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So as you're coming in to your practice, I remember Ken sharing me some of the things that you guys do to make people feel seen and heard. And Nora, I think this might be one of the most powerful things that you've said is make people feel seen and heard. And so many businesses don't do that. What do you do when you walk in your doors? What happens? Well, you know, it starts with we have a couple of our teammates that sit at the front desk that know our patients. And so, you know, for instance, most people are addressed by their first name and actually welcomed into the practice. And then it goes from there. We have a coffee cafe and Tamara, who usually is the person welcoming, even knows what kind of coffee or tea our patients like and goes to get it. She makes cookies and usually they're chocolate chip cookies. But we know some patients, if they mention, oh, that's not my favorite kind of cookie. She puts a little note in their chart. And so, for instance, we have one patient whose favorite is oatmeal raisin. She sees when he comes in and she comes in and she bakes a batch of oatmeal raisins. So really, it's like, boy, these people really get me and they care about 
even like the simple things like coffee and fresh made cookies. We also developed our office. We did a redesign. We moved buildings back in 2000. And we thought we took a survey of our patients. What's one of your favorite hobbies? And golf and being in Indiana came up over and over again. So one of our waiting areas, we have two different areas. One of them has a mini putt-putt area. And we thought, and patients get a kick out of this. Some even bring in their own putters. But what has happened and really makes me just so happy is now some of our patients are bringing their grandkids to the appointment and they play mini putt-putt with their grandkids. And that's what we always wanted to do. It's not, again, just about better hearing. It's about reconnecting with your world Mm -hmm. because we just improved your communication. So that has probably been one of the best reports I've ever heard is our patients bringing grandkids in to play mini putt-putt. Well, it's bringing people together. I mean, obviously, at our stadium, that's a big thing we try to do is bring families together. And how many people would ever think that an audiologist or a dentist or a doctor, oh, yeah, it brings our families together on the checkups. It's fascinating. And Nora, I think what you said, you listen carefully and, you know, you think about, oh, oatmeal raisin cookies. You make notes. Pay attention to what your customers love. And so few people do that. I'm still fascinated because I think you've nailed the first impression. I've heard some other things, too massage chair? Like, I mean, tell me more about these details, either what you're doing or some of the other audiologists, a part of the practice that you work with. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things you said is what's ordinary, do the opposite. Well, what's ordinary in a lot of medical practices or hearing aid practices are wait times and people hate to wait. So we thought, well, what can we do to fill that wait time? If we know they have to wait, let's make it an enjoyable wait. So the golf, the little mini putt-putt was one idea. But another idea we had is let's get a massage chair in here. And now it really all the time we hear, no, don't worry about the weight. I'm fine because they get to have, you know, an experience in a massage chair. We've even had patients when they book their appointment call in and ask to book it 30 minutes earlier so they can have massage chair time before their actual appointment. So, you know, again, take what people don't like about coming into a private practice and flip it to find something that they would look forward to. So that was certainly the idea of the massage chair. Another thing, one last thing that I think is brilliant that our practice does, and we're sharing it out with our group of audiologists around the country, came very organically and grassroots through a team meeting that we had here. And so it wasn't like it came down this directive from the top to the staff and say, do this. It was a brainstorming of what can we do to really make our patients to appreciate them and to realize that everybody has something to give. And the idea that came from that was this idea of what we call a wisdom book. So we have little books in our waiting room and we ask our patients to write down a piece of wisdom that they carry with them that they would want to share with the other patients coming in. And let me just tell you one of them that I found to be just the best piece of wisdom. It is, he said, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. And at first it's pretty funny, but then you think, wow, it strikes you how true that is. But there's these little piece of wisdom shared by patients that have so much to give. And I think this book just honors them. It's fascinating because you're making the customer the hero. Mm-hmm. And so few businesses do that. They're actually, it's a patient's wisdom. It's not about mm-hmm. you guys. And you even mm-hmm. said you might even publish this book at some time, right? 
I hope to publish this book. And when we were talking about it with our team just a few weeks ago, we even had the idea that what we could take one of these bits of wisdom and make it weekly wisdom. And so every patient that comes in, we'll just give them a little you know, piece of paper with the weekly wisdom on it with the patient's name to honor the patient that it came from. If the patient, in fact, wants their name to be broadcast, but most people say, yeah, of course, share it. I think it goes so much to say about knowing your customers and loving your customers. Because let's be reality. These customers, generally, these patients are older, all right? Mm -hmm. Which means they probably have tons of wisdom that we all can learn from, yet so few people are asking them about life advice and wisdom, yet they have so much to give. And you're giving that platform. And what Mm -hmm. if every business thought, how do you make the customer the hero? Let them share some of the lessons they've learned and feel Mm -hmm. purpose in what they're doing. They feel purpose in going to the audiologist. I'm like, oh, and not only am I getting my hair, but I'm helping other people. How did that idea come about? Of the patient wisdom book? Was it the team meeting? Just the team meeting? Yeah, it was at the team meeting. So I wish I could claim it or I wish Ken could claim it, but actually I don't. It was showing the brilliance just within our team. Like this, because we were talking about how much, Mm -hmm. you know, one of our favorite things about the patients is when we can slow down and really listen to them. And that's, again, it wasn't our idea. It was just really seeing our people, our staff for what they can give and their ideas. And that's how this was born. I love it. I could talk about this stuff forever because I think if you start on the friction points, which you did, the wait times, how people come in and all that, and then also say, what would just be really special? What would give them meaning in what they're doing? I mean, we have idea paloozas, as I think I shared before. We bring our whole staff together and talk about these ideas. And it's solely focused on the customer experience. And I'd be intrigued because you're doing this. You're mapping out. What are some other moments? Because it sounds like you've nailed the first impression. I'm blown away. Either from you or other groups that you've worked with, some other things either during the session, after the session, when they leave, what are some really cool practices you're doing? You know, I have a practice owner that has a bird cage and keeps two birds in their office because one of the very, usually when somebody is, their hearing is starting to decrease, it's in the high pitches. And so the bird, the lovely bird, songs go away first. So it's just, it's such a joyful thing to hear bird songs. In fact, there's somebody that says it even is rooted deeper psychologically. When you hear birds, you feel peaceful because birds only sing when it's safe outside. So there's a real security rooted in hearing the birds. So they have a bird cage right in their office. So the patient's first experience can hear one of, you know, really, I think the most pleasant sounds to hear. We have another patient, actually, or another couple of audiologists that we're close with that know the power of music. And so one of them has a little piano in their waiting room and invite their patients to sit down and play music when they're waiting. So music is so joyful. And so it hits that, you know, emotional button of all the patients. But then again, it does make the patient the hero because they're inviting the hero to share their musical talents. Another audiologist brings her ukulele to the office and she sings to patients once they get fit with hearing aids. And she said she's gotten quite a few smiles and quite a few joyful tears. And that's really the goal. We say, let's just make people laugh and cry. We're having a good day if we can do both and happy tears, not sad tears. As you know, we talked about that before I shared, you know, it's one thing that happens at our ballpark, which you never think, but people are so excited and so emotional when they get to meet the players and connect and have these really special moments. I love it. You know, other friction points. So it's a big expense. Then they leave. And how do you or other groups stay in touch? Because I think this is something that many businesses fail at. It's they have the experience. They come in. They're wowed by this first impression. They get taken Mm -hmm. care of. And then they're Mm -hmm. gone. 
What are some things you or other groups have done? Yeah, to follow up. So we and a lot of the groups that we talk to, in fact, we're looking at what is best practice for that, because that's really important in surveying audiologists from around the country saying we're getting everybody's ideas. But we always have it within a 24 hour call that we call the patient and we just touch base and say, how is it going? And then at least the audiologists that we work for, we usually have within one week, we see them back. We talk about their experiences. So it really isn't a one and done. And when you go back to cheap hearing aids, that usually is more of, okay, you're fit. Now, you know, go through life. But truly, one of the reasons that doesn't work is because hearing aids need service too. So we schedule them back at least every six months just to come in for routine maintenance. But again, that's when we really get to delight them because we've heard about them and we know their preferences. And it gives us that opportunity to keep making them feel really special, which because they are. Yeah, I love it. When I was speaking to your group, one audiologist mentioned that on their anniversary of getting their hearing aid, they get mm-hmm. a thank you card and it's like an anniversary card. It's not just a birthday card. It's an anniversary of when they you know, improve their hearing. And like, think about that in your business, whatever business you're in, the first time they experience you, it's a restaurant. For us, it's a game. What if a year from there, they got a card? I mean, talking about listen carefully and paying attention, that's a surprise. A lot of people get Christmas cards. A lot of people get birthday notes, but something that actually celebrated the first. And I think that fascinated me as well. Have you seen any other things that are unique in the experience or things that you're trying to add to your customer's experience? You know, one of the things that we have become really involved in is this whole idea of giving back and giving to people that can't afford hearing health care. So there are a lot of practices and ourselves included that If somebody decides to trade up and get better technology with their old hearing aids, we can recondition them and fit them on somebody that couldn't have afforded that. And some people have really taken that the extra mile and gotten the person's story that was fit with those hearing aids and all the gratefulness from them and their experiences and then shared that with the person that donated those hearing aids. And so to me, I don't know how you get more meaningful than that. You, yes. you know, it's important that you hear well and you help your hearing. But then at the same time, that audiologist has gone the extra step to let them know what their older technology has done to improve somebody else's life. Yeah, a little bit on that purpose based. I think the meaning and the purpose and obviously starting this nonprofit and you can tell how passionate you are just spending time with you and everyone else that's helping out. I'd love for you to share a little bit about the power of the story. Because I know some of the videos that you've posted showing the kids and the first time they can hear and the smiles and hearing smiles, as you're saying, share with me how you guys came about that and how that's made an impact and sharing the stories of the people that are being impacted. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's been a long, long journey for us. But I think everybody has a story. And thank goodness for most of our stories here in the U.S., our stories can be very different from some of the stories of people around the world who live in very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, you know, part of that story is there are people in situations that can't even imagine even having access to hearing health care. I mean, they're struggling to have access to have water, clean water, or, you know, education. But some of our stories that have really impacted me are oftentimes have to do with children. When we go around the world and we fit children with hearing aids, you know, disabilities in other countries, here we can address them and we start to address them from early ages. But I have so many stories of children that were maybe 10 or 11 
and literally suffered physical abuse. They couldn't go to school. They were put in fields. And it's just because they couldn't hear very well. And when we fit them with hearing aids, it literally, because we follow up, not just here in our local practices, but where we go around the world, we follow up. And these children's lives have been transformed. They're back in school. They're starting to learn. I mean, it literally is the difference between the one child called himself a slave to mm. being able to be in school and, you know, have a chance, have an opportunity at, at a better life. So hearing is so, so important when we want to make human connections. And I think sometimes you almost have to go to the worst of situations and observe the worst to then see the best of the situations and really appreciate what we have access to here in the United States. Mm. And I think you've embraced that and understand that these stories, it's so important to share. Because the more you share them, the more people understand what you're doing, the impact you're having, because they don't feel it. But when you, you can feel the idea of, of a child being in those terrible conditions, and you started mm-hmm. doing that in videos, and I believe every company should share these stories to get people a part of it. Have any other stories really inspired you? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many inspiring stories. So, you know, we don't just stop at the patients in the other communities. The whole idea is about, again, everybody has something of value to give. And so when we go to these areas and help patients, we start looking for immediately who else in that community is a leader that we could train and teach so they can get sustainable care there. So we only go once every six months or every year, but who locally can we raise up and train and teach so that they have an opportunity for a job and an opportunity to help these people receive health care all the time? So one of my most inspiring stories is of a gentleman named Sammy. When we started going to Zambia five years ago, he started as our driver. And through getting to know him throughout the week, he just shared his passion with raising up people and changing people's mindsets that they can do more, they can be better. And so we started looking at him. And every time we would go there, we would pull him into the clinic and start training him how to clean the hearing aids and how to look in ears. And this last year, last year, we had him actually come to the United States and he trained under five of our different audiology practices around the States. And then he even went to a hearing aid manufacturer and trained in their repair lab. And now he's back in Zambia. And through Hearing the Call, our nonprofit, we have donors that he is now employed and has a job and is creating the sustainable hearing health care. And it's who else to love their people than the people right in their own community. Uh, so that's probably been one of my favorite stories of success since starting this. Oh, uh, it's amazing. Well, you guys are making a huge difference. And I want to finish with some rapid fire questions. All right, here. But there's so much to said about nailing the first impressions, nailing the experience that you provide, and then understanding the stories and sharing those because those stories are what gravitated me towards you guys it really fired me up in what you're doing. So I've been grilling you with some questions, Nora. You get to grill me now. Flip the script. You're now the host. You get one question. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't expecting that. So, Jesse, if you were sitting at our front desk and welcoming a patient in, how would you welcome a patient? (laughs) Well, it depends on what your brand theme is. So we're starting to challenge companies to say, all right, if you're a magazine, what type of magazine would you be? Are you Rolling Mm -hmm. Stone? Are you GQ? Are you a fun magazine? 
If you're a TV show, what type of TV show are you trying to be? Are you a fun TV show? Are you a really nice upscale TV show? You know, who's your character? So it really depends on the theme. You know me, I get excited over fun. So I love the fact that you have putting greens and massage chairs, because if that's your theme, then, you know, you think of every single thing that you could do that's fun. Everything that's unique. What surprises? You know, could you have under a chair a surprise and a free gift under certain things? You know, what type of things can you surprise your customers with to provide fun? You know, when they get there at a certain amount of time, could there be confetti? Could there be a celebration because it's their 10 year anniversary? You know, all those different things I would think that fits your brand theme. So first impressions, wow, but the first impression happens before they show up. It's what with that first time they go on the website, the call. So again, knowing your brand theme first, I think is the key. So good question. But you know, I could go on that for hours. So we're going to move on. I love this too, question time. If you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. Mm -hmm. You're running this big group. You're working with lots of people. What are questions you're asking to try to get better and improve your experience? We have this idea of flip it. So what is your biggest pain point? in your life. And then we really look at that pain point and say, now, how would we flip it? And it's the whole idea is that every challenge is actually could be a great opportunity. And so a lot of our questions really do revolve around on what don't you like, because it's so easy for some reason, as humans to really pinpoint what we don't like, it's harder to you know pinpoint what we do like. So a lot of our questions are, what don't you like? And then I think for us, it's asking why about five times. Well, why don't you like it? And then they say it. Well, why and why? And then I really think you get down to the core. Oh, that's But great. it's really by asking why over and over. Awesome. I know you're a big learner. You listen to a lot of podcasts. That's how we got connected. Also, you're a big reader. You share a lot of books with the whole group. What are some books that stand out for you? Wow. You know, one of my books that I share with a lot of people is Man's Search for Meaning mm-hmm. by Victor Frankl. I don't know. Have you ever yes, read that exactly. one? Yeah. That was just one of those books that I don't know how you can read it and not be completely transformed. I love, you know, way back when, when my whole journey of learning and reading was The Seven Habits of Effective People. That, you know, it's a classic. Love that. Love that. That's great. Um, But then there's so much knowledge in every book. Another one was, oh, I just have so many. Now they're all flooding (laughs) into my into my mind. But those were two transformative books for me. Awesome. All right. Final ones here. What's one thing that you've done to stand out in business and in life? You know, I think one thing that I've done that I would say that stood out the most was, even though it was incredibly scary, was to start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And just the idea of, I don't know what that's going to do to our private practice, but I see the gap need and I see the need of people needing quality hearing health care. And so it was stepping out of my comfort zone of what I thought was my comfort zone and being in the private practice into a world, a business world I didn't understand or didn't know, but I guess was willing to learn because the need was so great. I love it. I love it. You just start. And once you do something, that's when you learn. Do and then learn. And it's transformed you. Final two here. What's some of the best advice you've received? Best advice. So my best advice, one of the best advice is anytime you're feeling nervous, even about an interview like this, is you don't focus on what you're going to look like or sound like. You focus on how you make people feel. And I think that try to carry that through everything we've done, through our private practice, through the nonprofit. You know, they say you'll, they'll forget what you say. They, they'll forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. So the advice to just see people 
and look for what's great about them, you forget about yourself. And all of a sudden you find yourself liking so many people and learning from so many people because you're open because you see what they have to give. I love it. Final one here, Nora, how do you want to be remembered? Gosh, I want to be remembered as somebody that did everything she could do to love her neighbor. Perfect. Well said. I'll tell you, Nora, since I first met you, spoke to your group, I've been blown away. You talk about how you make people feel. So I was so welcome to speak at your group. You sent emails after telling about the impact of my book, of speaking. You are living that. And I'll tell you, I'm so blown away by what you guys are doing. I left inspired. You are growing, you are learning, you are helping people. And I'd love for people to know, how can they learn more from you, connect with what you guys are doing, and share more of this? So that is www.hearingthecall.org. All right, hearingthecall.org to find out more and see if you can help and volunteer and learn more from you guys. I'll tell you, there's a lot to learn. You are a practitioner. And Nora, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.